The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. Joined by the one, the only Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, current analyst for VSIN, host of the GM Shuffle Pod. New book out, Football Done Right, setting the record straight on the coaches, players, and history of the NFL. Michael, thank you for taking the time. So I, I want to start here with the. I want to start here with the front office GM aspect of this, right? So when you talk about Brock Purdy, everybody talks about how inexpensive he is, relatively speaking. The importance of the Niners to win the Super Bowl with Brock on this rookie deal, and they still have him next season on the rookie deal. How important is it, or do you think it's a bit overblown? I get really confused. Sometimes it's, oh, well, they have to do it now, or they're not going to be able to pay Ayuk. Then somebody comes out and says, actually, if you look at the numbers, they can keep everybody. How important is it for the Niners to get a win with Brock on this rookie deal? Well, I think it's important to get a win regardless of the rookie deal. I think we make way too much of that. I think, you know, you've got to do a better job of drafting. And 0-2, when you go back and look at that 0-2 draft, if they don't hit with Purdy in the seventh, Mm -hmm. that's a washout draft for them. Yeah. And so when you've got a good team, you can't have these washout drafts. You know, Drake Jackson hasn't really been effective for them. And so they cut the running back that they picked already in that draft. So I I think that's more than anything. Because, look, you want to pay your good players, right? You know, you want to pay guys that play for you. And so you're trying to keep that, especially at positions that you can't find in the open market. Football's a game now where the contract and the player – are two separate conversations, but they both are equal value. So if you pay a player X and you could get a similar player for Y, you've hurt your cap. Mm. And that has nothing to do with Brock Purdy's rookie contract. So it really comes down to valuing and understanding the value of contracts, and you can't overpay. Mm. You just got to be able to say no, and you got to have a farm system for players to develop. What have you thought about John Lynch and, and the Niners organization's approach to how aggressively they've built out that defensive line? I mean, they, they shelled out tons of money for Nick yeah. Bosa this season and, and, you know, bringing in Randy Gregory in the middle of the year, bringing in Chase Young in the middle of the year, signing Javon Hargrave in the offseason. What have you just thought about that approach to building out that defense? I, I think it's Kyle's. I think it's Kyle's philosophy, right? I'm not trying to minimize John, yeah. but Kyle runs the organization. That's what they say, yeah. You know, Kyle's got it in his contract to run the organization. He would have, you know, and so John works for Kyle, which is great. But to me, why are they successful? They're successful because they have said, above all, we believe in the defensive line. And that's what wins games. All this talk about coverage, all this talk about, you know, corners and line. No, none of that matters unless we get a great defensive line. And I think that's really good. The Eagles last year, 60 of their 70 sacks came from the front. Yeah. Why are we concerned about the 49ers that are going into the Super Bowl? Because their D-line hasn't played good. Not at all. Right? That's the whole problem yeah. with them. As you're sitting there saying you got Hargrave making $20 you've got Armstead mm-hmm. making $20 you got Bosa making $30, you got Chase Young as second pick overall in the draft. You know, when are these guys going to show up? Gregory's a, a got on a real big contract. That's the key to football, right? Look, football is a real simple game. 
if we went out back and played touch, and I said to you, three Mississippi's the game, mm-hmm. nobody gets open. Yeah. If I said five Mississippi, mm. everybody gets open. Right. That's football. That's interesting, yeah. That's football. And that's what the Niners are doing. They're trying to play a three Mississippi game. And that's how you win. And I think that's what they should be commended for. Talking to Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, current analyst for VSIN, host of the GM Shuffle Pod. Be sure to chat his new book, Football Done Right, setting the record straight on the coaches, players, and history of the NFL. I know you're not, a, you know, the, a Niners guy, but if you were to guess whether or not Brandon Ayuk, just based on that situation, is on the roster next season, what do you think? Oh, I think he is because, look, when you play the Niners – Right, so let's work backwards here. You play the Niners, you've got to be able to take away the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Kyle wants to throw the ball between the numbers, right. the numbers that line the sidelines inside there. That's his passing game in there, and and when the defense forces you to throw the ball outside, which is what Spagnuolo is going to do, you better have a really good player on the outside who can win one-on-one matchups, like the first third down against the Detroit Lions where he throws it out for third and ten it's a completion. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I say this, if it gets ridiculous, then it's going to be hard and you're going to have to replace them. Yeah. The, I think the 49ers have done a great job of saying, look, we love DeForest Buckner. We think Armstead's better. We'll trade him for a first-round pick, and we'll pick another player to replace him. Now, Greenlaw hasn't been as good as Buckner. We get that. But I think that's the way you have to work the cap. Here's what you can't do in the cap. You can't fall in love. Right. You can't fall in love. But they know they need an outside receiver. But if it gets too expensive and it becomes too rich, they got to find their own they got to find another answer. Yeah. I know you worked closely with Al Davis for a long time. I mean, being here in Vegas, what what do you think Al would think of of all of this and of course, I mean, the Niners and the Chiefs being the two teams in it. Oh, he, sure would he would never be thrilled have. at. Yeah. He would never have the Chiefs in his building. Yeah. That would be the first thing. Yeah. Okay. What people don't understand, I wrote about this in my book, Football Done Right. So back in the day mm-hmm. in the AFL, this is before you two were even born. Yes. <laughs> so the AFL and the NFL were competing for players. Mm-hmm. And the, dra- the college players, they said, was fair game. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to spend, it's fair game. We'll compete against each other. The pro players whose contracts were out. Now, there was no free agency at the time. If the pro team, whether it was an AFL pro team or an NFL pro team, wanted their player back, the other teams, the other league couldn't compete for them. So what happened was Pete Gogolak, the kicker, was with the Giants. The Giants wanted him back. The Buffalo Bills signed Gogolak, and they broke the golden rule. And that started the war. Okay, and Al Davis signed John John Brody. He signed Roman Gabriel to these long contracts for future years. And what he didn't know at the time when he was doing this is Clark Hunt, Lamar Hunt, Clark's father, and Tex Ram are in the Dallas Love Field parking lot negotiating the settlement for the AFL and NFL. Jeez. And that settlement comes out, and that infuriated Al. And so there is a passion against the Chiefs on the field, mm. but there's a deeper one off the field because he was misled. He was embarrassed. He was yeah. the commissioner of the league, and he didn't know they were settling. Yeah. He didn't want to settle. Right. He didn't want to settle. He told me many times, I rented, oh God, done it. I rented an office on Park Avenue. Yeah. I wanted him to let him know I was there. Yeah. You know, he wanted to put fear in him. Yeah. And so that, that, that adds fuel to the fire. But, of course, the league office doesn't know this, so they put the Chiefs in his, in his place. Like, the Chiefs would have been at UNLV, trust me. Mm. I see. So did you see the clip of Mark Davis? And it what, he was being sarcastic, but I don't 
he, he did such a good job, if you will, that a lot of people didn't think he was. And he said, my two, oh, yeah, my two favorite teams are in here, the Niners and the Chiefs. And Raider fans were actually upset because they couldn't tell that he was being sarcastic. Well, look, you know, the, Al has history in both teams, right? Mm-hmm. So, he, you know, the Chief, I told you about that. The 49ers, when they were for sale, Al brokered the sale to the Barlow family. Mm. Got it. Al was instrumental in that sale. He actually got a million dollars finder's fees for making that sale. So he brought Mr. DeBarlow, Eddie Sr., Mr. Barlow Sr., into the group with the with the family with the with the family that owned the 49ers at the time, and he made the deal happen. And then, of course, he got a finder's fee. So, I, th- what Mark says, there probably is a little bit of love from his dad across the bay. Right. And Coach Walsh. You know, worked at the Raider, worked at the Raiders, and he told me as I drove him around in a car that most football he ever learned was working for Al. So there is some, but this game really is a tribute to Coach Walsh, because when you look at both uniforms, you look at both offenses, you look at both organizational structures, it all comes from Walsh. Yeah, everything, how the coach runs the team, how they practice, what they do, that's Walsh, and we should honor him for that. Yeah. Michael Lombardi, thank you so much for joining us. But before we let you go, we yeah. need we need a pick. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Niners 27-23. Look, I'm, a, I'm wearing my first ring that I ever got. I see you that. Ring. I, I, I'm rooting for the Niners. I love Kyle. I love Andy, too. Mm-hmm. But I know it's just everybody, it's too easy to say, well, they have Patrick Mahomes. Right. right. That's just too It's To me, the, the Niners better play better on defense. Mm-hmm. They better show up. If they don't, it, it'll, be a, it'll, be, it'll, be a, it'll be a whooping. Thank you so much, Michael Thanks, Lombardi, NFL, former NFL GM, current analyst for VEASAN, host of the GM Shuffle Pod. Go get his new book, Football Done Right, setting the record straight on the coaches, players, and the history of the NFL. Three questions, three answers. It's three for madness on the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Here's question one. Hey, a little piece of uh, personal happy news I'll share. So my my son's a freshman in high school. He's playing on the basketball team. They're wrapping up their season this weekend. And uh, found out last night that he was he's one of two guys to uh, he was asked to get called up and dress for varsity for Woo! the rest Let's of their go! season. That's awesome. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but he's he's going to. That doesn't matter. Yeah, he's going to dress. He's going to practice with them. That's cool. Um, coach is just kind of, that's kind of their way of developing, you know, the the youngsters and all that. So it's a nice reward for him. Uh, did, I, did I tell you about my moment when I got called up for varsity <laughs> when we were in the playoffs? <laughs> so I'm basically the backup center, and our best player is the center, and I'm never playing because he's the best player. He's sure. just playing every minute. So he gets knocked down, and his lip is cut, and he starts bleeding on his shorts, uh-huh. and you can't do that. So coach says, Chris, and I immediately take off my warm-up pants, just bam, am I ready to go? He goes, take off your shorts, give them to Danny. <laughs> <laughs> so not only am I not going in the game, I'm, not, I'm pantsless, Oh no! and I'm not going into the game at all. <laughs> 
I, you know what? Great I would have started the MVP chant for you. <laughs> Most valuable pants. <laughs> yes. Like, didn't even hesitate. It was just like, Verlade! <laughs> Take your shorts off and give them to Danny. <laughs> and it was like a slow walk to the back of the bench. <laughs> and one of the other, come on, let's go. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <We're good. laughs> oh, poor Chris. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe my son will repeat that performance. <laughs> Uh, one other note on that, by the way, uh, he found out about that on Tuesday. We found out last night. He just, oh. I said, buddy, why didn't you say anything? He's like, well, not that big a deal. Literally, he's like, well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know if maybe he was joking. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Literally said that. I had to wait a couple of days to see if he was maybe joking or if it was really good. I don't know. I just said, well, like you found out two days ago. You called up to varsity. You're finding out. You're telling us that. Oh, I didn't, you know. I guess I, I just you know I didn't know if you guys would be happy because the season goes longer it means more rides I'm like dude ma flipping goo huh. dude and then we watched the uh kings crap the bed last mm. night together question one three for madness brought to you by firewings how many willodies are we going to have yeah I um I think this is it like I know that's a dangerous game, and I'm not saying that in any way of like, oh, they're not going to have any more bad losses this year. Of course they will. I just don't know how, like we said earlier, unless you take injury out of the, you know, unless it's an injury thing, which I don't really think counts. And I also don't count like, well, yeah, like if they make the playoffs and that last, you know, they lose on a buzzer beat. That's a, that's a situational Willody. We're talking about like, how does it get worse than losing by 13 at home to a team that had six wins. I, I can't think of how. I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, I, I can't see a single team on here. Like, you're telling me if, uh, I don't know, Jason, um, let's say San Antonio comes in. They're they're pretty bad. Yeah, I guess, you know, they have a really bad record. And if you play them later and they've lost like 15 in a row and Webinyama's not there and you lose, I mean, th- there is – there's something else out there. It's just hard to really predict what it could be because that's as bad as it gets last night. You could argue that they just had a Wawodi on the 29th when they beat Memphis. And Memphis is playing like literally a G League team. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got the Pistons. Not only are they terrible, but let's remember, they were missing their two best players. Yeah. Ten players, two others got traded. Right. I mean, they were a bit. I mean, they were in more than a disarray of a team. You were ahead in the second half. Yeah, ahead in the fourth quarter. You had all your guys. Yeah, Sasha Zankov came yeah, back. It was as healthy as they've been. Yeah, I don't think so, dude. Yeah. I, I think this is uh, this is the one. Uh, number two, please. Question two. Malik Monk said he doesn't like the booing. Does he have a point? There's Malik Monk. Yeah, they was booing. I don't like that. We play. I, I play too hard for that to get booed for strong like that. Um, but yeah, man, um, I was just thinking we lost to Detroit. Um, Malik, I promise you, the fans hate it more than you do. I, 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 I can't. I'm not going to fault Malik Monk for not liking it when they boo. I hope. I hope all the team feels the way Malik Monk does. For for you, you got to understand something though, as a player, and I, I hope he does. For the Sacramento fans and Golden One Center to boo you off the floor, you have to have done something like uniquely, amazingly failureistic. Like 
this isn't a fan base that boos. That's just they they've done it before here and there, but we're not. This ain't Philly. This is about the, and when I say the softest fan base, I don't mean that in any sort of derogatory term. I mean that as like soft as far as like we embrace the players. We are genuinely, um, we'll almost police ourselves. Like, don't be too hard on them, this and that. If, if, if anything, this is one of the easiest, if not the easiest market when you combine the media, us included, and the fans. About as easy as possible. Go to New York. Go to Philadelphia. Hell, go to L.A. Go, go, go check out the. And Malik was in L.A. He knows there's between Laker fans and the whole L.A. process down there, and, and what he's getting up here. So I, I, I hope they hear that and they go, God dang! Like if we're getting booed at home, that that's embarrassing to us, and in no way, shape, or form. I know people say you don't boo your team. Boo your team. Boo your team. Yes. If you're paying good money to go there and this is an ongoing thing and you're losing to the six-win Pistons, two wins on the road, missing their two best players, other players like Jason we just went over out because they got traded, you lose at home, boot, that is your right. Don't swear at them. Don't be personal. Don't throw things. Don't do. Don't be stupid. You want to express your frustration by booing. Over in England, they have we talked about this. They have the happy clappers. Oh, everything's great. It doesn't matter. They're they're our team. We love them. We love you. We love you, but we don't like you right now. Right, you're I, not my friend. I feel like this parallels when a team is mad because someone at the end went for the first down, got a touchdown, scored an extra basket, scored an extra run, stole a base. Stop them. Stop. So them. they won't boo if you play well. The reason for booing is partially expectations, partial disappointment, partial, hey, uh, this is my entertainment. I'm not as entertained. Fans have every right to do that. I'm personally not a fan of it, but that doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not going to say, hey, you next to me, don't boo. Like That's how you feel. That's how you feel. Right. And I don't look at it and go, you know, that was kind of unjustified. That was 100% justified. Right. 100%. So I get it. I get his point. He doesn't like it. The only way to not have them do that is to play better. You're right about us hardly ever booing the team, but it feels like this season it's happened. Because I'm telling you, this is in a weird way one of the most unlikable Kings teams we've ever had. They are simultaneously lovable and unlikable. Yeah, but also I would say more collective booing. Like yeah. The entire game of Josh Giddy, mm-hmm. the entire game of Bridges, right? Buddy yeah. Heald. I'm yeah. like, wait, what? When did we do? When did we? Like, I say we, we the collective Sacramento. Got an edge. Um, booing people that long, that many games. That surprised me this year. I don't mean any offense to this texture here at nine one six three three nine eleven forty, but this is just about as misguided a text as, as you can send. Do the people who boo at games also boo their children when they are not playing well? Well, a couple things. Number one, yes. Number two, they are. <laughs> number two, um, that's very insulting to the players to compare them to your children, whom they are not. They are grown men who are being paid millions of dollars to play a game, and you are you are paying really good money to see the product. Hey, we've talked about it before. There were decades of this team losing all the time and no one booed because they weren't good enough. And we recognize that. That's not what they didn't boo simply because they lost to the Pistons. They booed because of how they lost to the Pistons, the lack of effort, the lack of hustle, the lack of focus, 
the lack of showing up, and the fact that this is cumulative. That's it. Like, if this was truly the first time this year, and I think we would come on and go, well, I don't know why it does happen, but we haven't said that because this is this is not time number one this year. No, this it's team. it's a cumulative thing, yeah. and I don't care if it hurts or I hope it helps. It better help because that goes to pride and heart. Goes to pride and heart. Your home fans in the in the in the happiest city in the league are booing you. Yeah, take a good, long, hard look in the mirror. And if if you're a player listening right now and you're going, well, okay, oh, they're booing, so I guess I'm going to win. Well, yeah, I don't know what it is. If there's something physically wrong with you, we need to then say something. Have somebody say something or don't play. Like, we can't be charged for secrets we don't know as a fan base. And all we know is that you can sit every week. We're having a worst loss of the year conversation right. every single stinking week. Indiana is nearing a deal to trade Buddy Hill to the Philadelphia 76ers, according to uh, the Athletic and Shams Terrania. So we'll follow that as well. It is trade deadline day. We'll keep you posted throughout the day as soon as news comes in. Uh, number three, please. Question three. Does this team have a serious problem or are we caught up in the moment? I think they have a serious problem. Now, I, I completely understand getting caught up in the moment, but we just kind of answered this question a little bit at the end of our, our last answer. This is a cumulative thing. This has happened before. This is this is something, whether it's the Detroit loss. By the way, they're coming off a 26-point drubbing at Cleveland. No, no, one's, no one's complaining about that. No one's booing that. No, no one, because we, we're about as smart a fan base as there is. We understand there's losses that are going to happen. Uh, and by the way, they played pretty damn well. Um, the blown lead against uh, uh, Phoenix. The uh, loss at home to Indiana without Halliburton or Siakam. Blowing your free throws and losing in overtime in Milwaukee when you're up four and you got a 90% free throw shooter going to the line and he misses both. Losing at home to Charlotte. <laughs> um, losing in Portland by 17 getting absolutely railroaded uh, at home against Boston. At least you can understand that was a good team. Not showing up for uh, that Clippers game after the Warriors won, fine. A couple of the Pelicans losses. Uh, both those blowouts in Houston ain't looking too good right now. I mean, we can go on and on and on. This is a cumulative thing. Yeah. I don't think we're caught in the moment. I think they have a serious problem. Yeah. By the way, the uh, the deal is done. It is. Okay. Yeah, it looks like the Pacers are trading Buddy Heald to the Sixers for Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and three second-round picks. You know what I always say, man? Furkan Korkmaz. You always say that. Furkan Korkmaz, man. Yeah. Are we caught in the moment, Jason? You're the, you're the, you're the steady Eddie. Yeah. Uh, I... Well, part of like when you say is there a serious, is there a problem? I wish we could identify what it is exactly. That's probably the hard part. Like there's something there, mm-hmm. like something uh, uh, amiss. But I don't know what to, how to exactly quantify it. If we weren't in this market, and we didn't work with these guys, and we didn't have a protective fan base, and we were and we were in charge of let's say secondary coverage of uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm a market we have nothing to do with, and we have no emotional tie to. And Oklahoma City was having the exact same year and the exact same experiences we were having. I'm just picking a random team in OKC. Why do I feel like we'd be landing on the fact that we'd be, we'd be saying things that we don't want to say here, which is this team just lacks a killer instinct. 
they this team gets soft in the clutch. This team doesn't have enforcers. This team does not have vocal, aggressive leadership. Uh, this team is passive. Uh, this team is uh, smiley and fun and great when they're yeah. winning and when they're losing. Um, you know, you, you got issues, whether it's, uh, you know, the whole hullabaloo with uh, Keon Ellis being the guy talking or just wilting in the clutch. And that goes back to the final or the, the, the playoffs last year. Harrison Barnes doesn't make that shot in the right. corner. Steph Curry drops 50 on your home crowd. Like, at some point, do you just look at it, and not in a personal way, but you say, this is a consistent thing. They need to bring in some sort. You know, you need a P.J. Tucker. You need a Bobby Portis. You need somebody to come in. A Draymond Green, God forbid. But I'm, you get my point. You need yeah. somebody to come in here and, and kick some tail. I just, back to that, I just don't know that that's the answer either. Like, I mean, for example, maybe unfair, but. The Warriors do have Draymond Green. Yeah, you're right. And, I mean, if they had whatever this enforcer means, I mean, I think those are blanket things to say. I don't think they have it, which might be true. Insert that. That'll help. Will it? They don't have a great defensive player. Put that in. Will that help? Might. I mean, get another – get a guy that makes more free throws. Will it help? Does that guy get to the line? Does that guy make one that matters? Malik shoots was shooting 90%. He missed him. I mean, it's – I don't think there's just a, a plug-in and that they're fixed. I agree with you. So, it's – I agree. That's where it's tricky. I mean, they need a a, a sports psychologist. That's fine. They need whoever the psychologist lady was uh, from The Sopranos that worked with Tony. Yeah, come in, sit everybody down. How does that make you feel when you get Kelly Brothers? They need Kelly Brothers, and you know what? We got him. Sports business coming up next. Joining us now on SportsSense, certified financial planner Kelly Brothers. Kelly is an advisor with CapTrust, one of the nation's largest registered investment advisors. CapTrust counts among its clients numerous pro athletes and pro sports franchises, but most importantly serves many Northern Californians through comprehensive financial planning. Here's Kelly Brothers. Well, we know Kelly Brothers is going to show up and give his best performance. Hey. No matter what, we can count on him. Unlike our heroes. Unlike, uh, yeah, they, they should take a page out of his book. Good morning, Kelly. Hey, Dave. You sound down. You okay? It's just, you know, it, Kelly, you get, you know, you're a parent. You know this. It's it's one thing when you see, uh, you know, your kids that you love and care about uh, make mistakes as youngsters. You, your job is to correct and and uh, you, you just you hope that they learn from their mistakes when it's the ones where they do the stuff that they've done wrong 50,000 times and then just look at you like Whoa. and that that just makes you go insane. And that's how I feel as a Kings fan. It's not it's one thing when they sucked and just lost to better teams. I, I what are you going to do? But when they suck, but they don't suck. Uh, that's when it gets really frustrating. Yeah, and when you come to the realization, as much as you like all the players on the team, there's a piece missing. There's That's something right. missing. There's That's some right. little, there's some spark. But um, anyway, hey, let's talk um, Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show. Yes, which, good transition. Uh, <laughs> it might actually be the most watched event of the entire year, the halftime show. Do you know when Rihanna played, she got more viewers than the game got? Wow. Wow. And a, a lot of people over the years have wondered, so have I. All right, who pays who? Does the game play, pay the artist or does the artist pay the game, um, pay the NFL? 
The answer is uh, neither. Uh, the answer is uh, the, the artist does it at no charge in most cases. However, they are given a very generous production bonus or a production budget of somewhere between 12 and $15 million to pull it off. And many of them, including The Weeknd, including Dr. Dre, a number of them will put millions of dollars of their own money in addition to what the NFL gives them for production because they all realize, and the numbers are just mind-boggling when you see, you know, how much music is sold after the Super Bowl by that artist, how many concert tickets are sold. You know, uh, there were a few artists who added literally millions of people in Instagram followers after their show. So it is a crown jewel for many of these artists. They don't get paid for it, and many of them actually pay into the production budget to make sure it's exactly the way they want it. Yeah, based on that, Kelly, I got to imagine the risk is worth it. And I don't know what the risk would be on the negative. I guess it could be perceived, hey, that was a terrible halftime show by this performer. But if those other things, those ancillary things are still happening, where boost in, in your you know singles and, and iTunes and uh, followers, uh, it seems like it's worth it even if maybe public opinion on a night uh, isn't their best. Oh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely worth it, Jason. And uh, by the way, Apple Music pays $50 million, $55-0 million for the right to be the sponsor of the halftime show, 5 0. Wow. So, um, anyway, that, but you're right. I mean, Usher this week, you know, they announced uh, a bunch of concert dates. They dropped an album. He's doing clothing. I mean, it's uh, everything points to this day. And Usher's been waiting for this for a while. He actually lives in Vegas and's done a residency there. So, and guys, if you don't mind, I'm going to uh, uh, let you know. I, I would invite you. I, I have a podcast, Bite Size Finance. And go on. Uh, the one that just dropped this morning it was a conversation with Mike Pereira. Ooh. And if you haven't met Mike, yeah. you need to listen to Mike. Good Mike golfer. is He's a good golfer. He had a bad back. He had back surgery this year, which is why he wasn't in the booth. But he's back next year. I mean, he'll be sitting next to Tom Brady now, hmm. all next year uh, in the booth. But he's a local guy. Great story of how he got into officiating and then rose to become the head of all NFL officials. Now, of course, he's with Fox Sports. So Mike Pereira on Bite Size Finance, wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Mike is a great guy. We, we've known him for a long time, obviously, being in the sports world. And one thing I, I'd like to – I'll definitely tune into that because I'll, I'll listen to Mike read the phone book, and, and I'm sure you guys had a, had a wonderful conversation. I, I've, I, We talked a few years ago, and I, I'm curious as to where he is with it. He was talking about starting a – uh, not a foundation, but a, an initiative that really focused on uh, bringing new referees and umpires into youth sports. And, and really the idea being that it's almost a thankless job right now to do that. Parents are completely out of control. They're yelling and screaming uh, at umpires, yelling and screaming at refs. Basketball is the worst. I've seen it myself. And so you've got these these guys that you know and, and and ladies that just love the sport and want to help kids getting so abused by these morons and and i think mike's heart is absolutely in the right place both simultaneously trying to bring people into the world of refereeing and umpiring while also spreading awareness that these ding-dongs need to be booted right out of games when they act out like that no you're absolutely right and uh it, it's uh, by the way he has started and and look into this it's a great foundation i've gone to his golf tournament day you guys ought to come 
Uh, it's ball. It's a battlefields to ball field. Mm-hmm. What he's trying to do is get veterans returning to normal life for military service and channeling them into youth sports. Because as what I talked to one guy who has done it, and he said, "Yeah, some of these parents are just a pain in the a." Yep. But he said, I, "I." He said, "I was in Fallujah. It really doesn't bother me." <laughs> <laughs> Fallujah basketball yeah. parents. Yeah. And and. Uh, yeah, all, any of you parents out there whose blood pressure gets a little high at these games, remember these guys are out there because they love the That's sport. Right. They're getting thirty bucks for the damn game, That's so right. just pipe down. Amen, uh, Kelly. I saw this the other day, and and I know you wanted to uh, address it. It, it. How is this different than what we've known over the years being cable, where uh, ESPN, I think, uh, Discover. There's a few others that are partnering for maybe a future spinoff for uh, sports programming. Sounds like another service, but is it different than cable? What, what do you know about that new streaming service? Yeah, they're going to do what's called direct-to-consumer. So it's a str- ESPN is just going to do straight streaming. And they entered into this new um, conglomeration uh, with uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, with Fox. They're going to have a joint streaming operation. And I think what this does, guys, is just um, takes a lot of medium-sized pockets and puts them together so that they can go out and bid on some of these properties because they're bidding against very deep-pocketed broadcasters now in Amazon and Apple. And they really can't compete like they used to on their own. So now they're going to join forces. You know, ESPN, uh, they, they've, uh, they found their footing a little bit after massive layoffs and trying to redo a few things. They've stabilized and they want to do their own streaming. But it's going to be a... When you think about the streaming options and, you know, uh, we're going to look back and say, man, cable was kind of, yeah, it felt like a big number every month, but I had it all. I had everything I needed. Now it's, it's very much uh, bifurcated, parceled out. You got to decide what you want. And of course, financially, I mean, we've even talked with our clients about it. You got, you check that credit card. You have subscriptions to stuff you don't even know you have. I mean, I know Dave still has a subscription to AOL, and that's going well for <laughs> No, him. Kelly, I told this story a while back. This is a true story. About three years ago, I was going through my Netflix subscription, and I, I have a Netflix subscription. And what I didn't see is that I, I, I think I saw a commercial, and it was laying out, like, what the subscriptions were. I'm like, that's weird. Mine's higher. So I went through my actual Netflix bill online, which you have to hunt for, and I had a $4.99 add-on for DVDs that I'd had <laughs> since I don't know how long. And, I, and I, was, I, was, I was saying, I don't think I've gotten a DVD exchange in the mail probably since the early, two, let's call it 2003. So, you know, at the time when I found it, it was almost 20 years, 12 months. So you're talking about 240 months. At whatever, at five bucks a month, <laughs> you know, I've paid uh, the better part of $1,500. And you're 100% right. The amount of things people will find they have. I had uh, two subscriptions to uh, uh, to Max, one on, my, one on my card, and then one on my uh, uh, one on my YouTube TV that my kid accidentally hit the, the button mm-hmm. for. Uh, people, that's a great way to save money right there is just go through your cards and match your subs. No, I, oh, you have to. I mean, I've had the same thing. Don't think I, I mean, I, I, 
you know, how many times have you signed up for something thinking, okay, in three months, I'm going to go in and cancel that. Right. You gotta, and you, you don't. You got to put you it forget. in your calendar. You got to put it in, you got to put it in your phone, but even that doesn't work all the time. You do. But I mean, I've had, I found a resume builder on my card. <laughs> I, I, wow. I found a, you know, by the way, guys, uh, Nick Saban will be on college yes. day next year. Saw that. And also uh, Brock Purdy who really had very little in endorsement stuff, suddenly has hit gold. Uh, FedEx has signed him on. John Deere has signed him on after Mm. pictures of the off week of him on a tractor in Iowa. Uh, So he's he's finally getting some money, although his salary is still the lowest in the league. Maybe he doesn't have to have a roommate next year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kelly Brothers always uh, looking out for the world of sports business, always saving money. And uh, let's see, my dad... Right before, my dad, I don't think my dad's ever texted me yippee in my life. And there it was at 7.30 in the morning, yippee. I said, what, dad? And he goes, Kelly. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> likes you more than he likes me. So that, that does something. Your Thank dad you. and I are going to watch the Super Bowl together. That's right. There you go. <laughs> Have a great week, Kelly. We'll talk to you soon. Thank take you. care, guys. All right, bye-bye. That is uh, Kelly Brothers. We'll take a quick two-minute break. Uh, when we, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Jiffy Lube, drive of the game. When we there come back, one. yeah, Jiffy Lube drive of the game, and uh, we'll you know talk about the Kings. There's another NBA trade. Was there another one? Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll tell you what that was next. The only place in the morning to get your sports fix. Live and vocal. Michael Dave show with Jason Ross. So, uh, <laughs> Buddy Heald uh, is on his way to Philadelphia. Yes. Uh, not only. They are uh, going to love him. They're going to, oh, they're going to love him. Uh, not only does he go to Philly, but interestingly enough, he will uh, he will uh, uh, build on his streak of five years and going of playing with a Tyrese. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, do you think that was part of the negotiation? Yes. He has to play with a Tyrese. Part of his demands. How he was trying to stay in Indiana. Uh, I'm only going to play with Tyrese. Okay, got it. So he gets to come here again. Does he get booed again? I was a sixer. Yes. I mean, he's removed from the trade. All right. He'll always get booed. How about the other trade? Uh, yeah, what was the yeah, other Utah trade? Yeah, Utah is sending Kelly Olenek and Ochai Abaji to Toronto for Kyra Lewis, Otto Porter, and a 2024 first-round pick. So yet another first-round pick for the Utah Jazz. I think all the picks are belong to the Thunder and the Jazz. That's all. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Because the Jazz got what? Did they get eight combined for Mitchell and Gobert? Something Seven or like eight? That. Yeah. And the Thunder have just a boatload of them. Well, I mean, the Thunder... Like I, 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 the lightning and the thunder. I don't, you know, this might be hyperbole, but when you look at the degree of difficulty, the and and, and you have to include degree of difficulty in the conversation for this to be a, a any sort of a valid statement, which it may not be. You could make an argument that Sam Presti is the greatest GM. That's ever been in the NBA. And I mean, I'm aware of Jerry West. I'm aware of RC Buford, but they weren't going up against, well, maybe RC to a point, but 
what Sam Presti did at the end of his tenure in Seattle, his draft record, and the fact that he somehow manages to keep, I think, the smallest market in the NBA, if not bottom two, relevant, you know, almost every year. And now, we've talked about it before. If you could pick any team's roster along with their draft assets and you weren't allowed to make any trades, you could just roll through that. Like, nobody's in a better position than Thunder. Not the Jazz. And the Jazz have the second most draft assets. But Danny Ainge can't be in that spot like he was with Austin. Uh, yeah, and we just kept hanging on to him. I mean, but could he? Yeah, well. I mean, it worked, right, for the most part. Like, he he built he built that, that Boston team that, that's playing right now. Thank you, Chris, for this. The Pacers now. Uh, they're like the OKC, diet OKC, because they have 13 second-round picks. I think they're OKC zero. Like, what do you do with 13 second-round picks? Try to package five of them up for a first? Trade them for a first. <laughs> like, you don't get, like, uh, you don't get, like, a punch card where for every five you get, On a, the free, move. You get a free soda. Yeah. On the move. <laughs> <laughs> Got somewhere to be. <laughs> From the 916, uh, yo, Dave, remember when the Kings were relevant for a full season last year? So precious. I can't tell if that's a troll job or not, but I will say this, like, no one's more upset about the loss than me. We might all be tied, but I'm as upset as anyone. But, like, can we also calm down with the whole, like, it's just so ping pong ball -y. Like, bro, there's still eight games above 500. There's a whole second half to go. They're still in the playoff race. Who knows what they'll do at the deadline? Maybe they don't do anything at the deadline. Everyone was freaking out last year. They ended up being the three seed. Like, I, I, I'm not defending what they're doing in any way, shape, or form. By the way, Oklahoma City is closing in on a trade, speaking of, to acquire Gordon Hayward mm. uh, from Charlotte. But, like, can we, like, what I've seen in the last 24 hours, like, like legitimately multiple people that are like, we traded the wrong guard, that's mm. back. Or, you know, De'Aaron Fox needs to be benched. Fox that's a really good idea. Great idea. Fox ain't the guy. This is why you didn't get picked for an all-star. Fire Mike Brown. Like, isn't there a lot? Like, and then if you disagree with it, it's like, oh, it's okay to criticize. Yes, and they should be criticized. Which and, we've done. Which, yeah, like, that's how it should be. We should be asking some really serious questions about this team. But can we not do the whole, like, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, you know, De'Aaron Fox, like MVP conversation, chanting it at the free throw line. Like he's the end all be all. And then like you lose to Detroit and a few other things. It's like, Oh, he's a scrub. Here's how fast this league moves a week ago. Not even a week. Wow. Six days ago, yeah. Friday show, last Friday show. Do you remember what we were doing? <sighs> Celebrating something probably. Nope. Nope. Ticked off that we did not have an all-star. Wow. Six right. days ago. Yes. Since then, they, they won Friday night. They won Saturday night. Back-to-back -back wins. Lost Monday. Good road trip, though. Everybody happy. And then last night, awful, awful performance. And now it's... That's it. Yeah, we're dying. But it's the same people. Like, how do they not have an all-star? Fox and Sabotis are all-stars. And then now it's, see? Like, this is a one-hit one wonder. Uh, team's terrible. Trade them all. I can't do the thing where it's like, Enjoy the journey. Yeah, well, I enjoy the journey. But I mean, just the whiplash. By yeah. the way, uh, Davis uh, Bertans and uh, Trey Mann uh, were sent uh, from the Thunder to the Hornets for Gordon Hayward. 
Uh, Woj also reporting the Sixers uh, trading Daniel House and uh, 2024 second rounder via the Knicks uh, going to the uh, Pistons. So just, you know, these are all, I mean, Hayward, I guess, is a semi, you know, the Hayward and, and then also the Olenek deal, Buddy Heald. These are all margin deals, though. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're margin deals. We haven't we haven't seen anything crazy yet. We'll have all your trade deadline coverage uh, leading up all the way to the what is it noon here? Yes, noon, and uh, we'll have Sammy McCon at at uh, well in seven minutes, Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, good morning, Armando. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Uh, been better. How are you? Doing good. Um, just really disappointing to the Kings, but uh, really calling for the Jimmy to drive the game. Oh, oh! Well, go. we you know what you I'll, listen to that. Okay, t- yeah, right. Normally, we kind of have a rule where where, <laughs> where it's like don't uh, you know wait for us to put it out there. But in this case, we got somebody. He knows the segment it's supposed to be yeah. in. I was just about to solicit for it. As a matter of fact, I'll solicit. The only reason is because I'm going into work. Okay. Oh, we got to get Armando as a winner. Hey, listen, Armando, let me do this just to make sure uh, lawyers don't get mad at me. Uh, it's time for the Jiffy Loop drive of the <laughs> game. We'll take the first caller. Oh, my gosh, hey. it's Armando wow. at one 920 Before you go to work, Armando, for that $100 gift certificate to uh, Jiffy Lube, let me ask you a question. What was the Jiffy Lube drive of the game? It was when uh, Demonte Sabonis uh, did a pass to Kevin Herter for a, a pass to the bucket for the third quarter in the third quarter. All right, let's see if he's right. Sabonis has it, races up the floor, bounce pass, Herter, quick reverse, score. That's going to be your Jiffy Lube drive of the game right there. That was a perhaps the best transition push we've seen tonight by the Sacramento Kings. Sabonis galloping up the floor and finding a streaking Kevin Herter, who was ahead of the play. He got the twisting baseline reverse. Mm, there you go. Congratulations. Yeah, Armando. Hey, Armando, you can go into work knowing you got a $100 gift card from Jiffy Lube to do all the stuff you need to do to that vehicle. Hey, uh, what radio station makes all your on-your-way-to-work dreams come true? Sacktown Sports, 1140, baby. That, that's, that's, that's well done. I mean, you can't Armando, do it Armando's on his game. We needed some of that last night. Yes. Yes. Called early. He was ready. He was prepared. If everybody showed up like Armando just did, we would have won. You know what, Dave? I bet his job, I bet he doesn't start till nine. You're probably right. He's like, I'm I'm starting my day the right way. I'm starting the right way. Yeah. With, with Dave and Jason and yep. Chris and Jiffy. And I'm going to get to work early. I'm going to win this Jiffy Lube. Yeah. Win it. Good for him. You got to want it. Yeah, and he did. And he did. It was the Detroit. No. We'll take a break. When we come back, Sam Amick on a very busy trade deadline Thursday. We'll talk to him for a nice long segment. We'll do that right after this.